Lord Jesus, we uh, come before you, Father, with this offering, Lord, and we, uh, we know sometimes it doesn't feel like much, Lord, but we know the power that you have to make it more than enough in our lives, Lord, and also for this church. We're grateful, Lord, for the opportunity that you give us to have a roof over our heads, Lord, and everything that's available to us, Lord, the seed that's being spread with all the tools that you've given us here, Lord, the radio, periscope, the internet. We're asking, Lord, that you continue to seed this church, Lord, so that we can continue to give fruit, Lord. Give us the hope, give us the understanding and the power, Lord, the power to give, Lord, to give unselfishly, Lord. I'm asking, Lord, that you bless this evening, bless this word that's going to be preached tonight, Lord. Help me, Lord, to just be used by you and unfiltered, Lord, and just touch my heart, and I ask, Lord, that you remove any obstacle here tonight that we could just receive from you, Lord. Yes, it's all in your precious and holy name, in the name of Jesus, amen. God bless everyone. Y'all may be seated, and God bless the group this evening. Let's continue to pray for uh, Brother Lorenzo, who's out of the country. Um, he's in Canada. I'm sure uh, we'll be listening in or tuning in, but um, the title of tonight's message is, um, Brother Anthony wants to put it up there, it's From Walls to Opportunities, amen? What does it say it in? De barreras a oportunidades. From walls to opportunities. If you've ever had something that's got in your way, and you could think of some stuff early in your life that got in your way, how many of y'all can just bring up some things if it was buying a house or moving or doing something or an obstacle that you encountered in your way early in your life? That if you look back now, it was a blessing. If you look back now, you might not have what's around you. You might have not experienced. You know, if I would have got that promotion that would have moved me to another state, would I have heard of the gospel of Jesus? If I would have, um, if I would have had uh, that, if I would have gotten married when I thought I was going to get married, or if I... If this wouldn't have happened and, and, and this sorrow wouldn't have happened, would it have turned me uh, to a different path than the path that Jesus took me to? You can look at a lot of obstacles that were in your way in life, and at times you've never seen them as opportunities. Opportunities for God to glorify himself in our lives also. Oppor- opportunities for God to shine to show his strength. See, a lot of us don't know that God is a God that likes to show off when he shows up. See, our God is a God that likes to show off, but there ain't no showing off if who he shows up for doesn't recognize it. There ain't no showing off if the one that he showed up for doesn't testify about it. There ain't no showing off, so... Our God dims himself in our lives at times because his people don't recognize 
who he is in their lives. We're a little weaker, a little older, but he's still the same God, ageless, mighty, powerful. Even though it hurts me here, it hurts me there, it don't hurt him at all. And our God is able. Our God is able, brothers and sisters. Estamos aquí, hermanos, sirviendo un Dios que no, como no es la palabra, no es que no crece, no, how do you say, ages? ¿Cómo? ¿En, en qué? ¿Entejece? Envejece. I got you. Tenemos, servimos un Dios que no envejece. Ah, okay. Tenemos un Dios, hermanos, que aunque nosotros, aunque nuestra carne está desgastándose, nuestro Dios cada día es nuevo. Tiene el poder, porque los, nosotros los, los estamos uh, viendo en el espejo, estamos mirando, ay, ya no tengo las fuerzas. Estamos creyendo que nuestro Dios es el mismo. Por eso, como estaba diciendo, uh, cuando estábamos alabando a Dios, que muchas veces aquí, el lugar que entramos, no tiene el poder que tuvo uh, cuando todo estaba nuevo. Ah, ¿qué espero de Dios? Ah, ¿qué va a ser Dios? Y ahora es normal, es rutín. Porque lo hemos hecho rutín y normal. Pero nuestro Dios no es normal. Nuestro Dios es un criador. Un Dios que hace cosas, que quiere hacer cosas nuevas. Primeramente en nosotros. Para que Él se pueda ser glorificado. You see, our God is a creator. A creator likes to create stuff. A creator doesn't just stay in a place and just say, okay, we'll just make it normal. A creator likes to create new things. And see, he created us. And it says he created us in his image. So we become creators. But he is the ultimate creator, so all glory goes to him. But this is why he's created us. Mentally, we all have capacity here. Some of us are at 20% of capacity. Somebody, some of us has, have turned down the dial. We turn it up at work because I need that promotion. We turn it down at church because I need to rest a little bit. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to be in your house just to relax and rest. And I remember falling in love with God and his word and revelation and, and reading stuff and saying, oh, man, I want to look more into that. I want to find out why it said it the way it said it. I know I'm not the only one. But we hungered and we desired his precious word like honey. And we searched it like gold. Because we knew it was a solution for our need. Then we get to that point where it's just like, ah, oh, it's normal. And just like anything else, it's going to take effort. I don't know if I got that effort. I mean, just don't know. You know, it's, it's tough. You know, I got this promotion. 
I know God gave me this promotion. I got this new, I got this new vehicle, and I'm gonna have to get, you know, do some other work for it. I might not be able to make it. I know I needed that, and God opened a door, but now it's a distraction. It's not a blessing. Because it's distracting me. Tonight's message, brothers and sisters, it's a continuation of the people of Israel leaving Egypt. And there's the first obstacle they encountered entering the promised land. How many of you have entered a promised land and you've been expecting this, and God has promised you this, but your first thing into the new land is the challenge. See, a lot of us, we want our promises, we want them to be fulfilled, we want them to be wrapped up. As a matter of fact, go ahead and, uh, 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 yeah, 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 I did order that, that new living room set. If you could put the couch right here. If you could put the love seat right here, if you, yeah, 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 no, I'm not going to, you, that's why you're doing, you're, and you could put the recliner right here. Thank you, thank you. We, we don't want to put any effort into blessing. We want to guide it, direct it. And God, I, I love this saying right here. Pastor mentioned it a little bit on Sunday. We put too much on God, and, and God's given us hands and given us strength and given us him, his power in us. And, and I like this saying right here. I heard, I heard somebody say that we get it so twisted on God that we, we're like, God, 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 if you just gave me this chair, I would serve you. If you just gave me this chair, I need this chair. If you just gave it to me, I'll serve you. And God goes, I gave you the tree. You make the chair. You see, a lot of the times we want God to do it all. And we see here the people of Israel getting to a point where they were entering into the promised land. See right out of the bat, did you learn something? Did you learn something from your fathers? That I got them out of Egypt. But they stayed in the desert for 40 years from murmuring and not staying on mission. If we turn to Exodus 13, 17, this is a smaller group, so we'll just keep everyone here tonight, brothers and sisters. God bless you all for being patient tonight. We're going to get to the point right here. And it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go, Everybody remember the story, right, kids? You guys remember the story? Moses is in Egypt. He said, God sends all these plagues, uses Moses. I like when God uses people. How many of you kids like when God uses people? God can use you. You don't even know the capabilities you have, the blessings you're going to be to society. So we see right here a pivotal moment. This is a big moment right here that Pharaoh, this is like the president. He had the power to destroy all the people, but 
says, and it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go, amen, Bible's over. There's revelations. Let's go home. Satan has let the people of God go. Hallelujah, right? No, it was just beginning. Because sometimes you will be let go into what God still needs you to work on. So listen to that a little bit. See, sometimes we come here and we're chained up and we're like, Cadenas de yo, release them, release them, God. Release them, God. Take them, God. Take them, God. And God will take them. But he ain't done. But sometimes he frees you to get you to go to another level. And we see here that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines. So Pharaoh lets them go, and Egypt was great, great technology. We see that a lot of things that we've learned, we've learned from Egypt, even in today's society. So Egypt, who was to be intimidated, God takes care of them, but he won't allow them to leave Go lead, be led through the land of the Philistines. Everybody remember who the Philistines are? Who's the Philistines? Come on. You remember the battle, right? David? Right? It was a battle that was going on always with the Philistines. And we see here, he would not allow them to go through that even though it was closer. God help us. God helps us if God doesn't let you go down that path that's quicker because of this next reason. For God said, lest peradventure the people repent when they see war and they return to Egypt. God says that, you know what? I can't let you go through where the Philistines are because there's going to be war because this is going to be a, a people that you battle against. And guess what? If you see these people and you battle against them, you might just give up before you even started. What is God seeing in us right now that's delaying Promise. What is God seeing in us right now that's delaying his promise? I can't let you go that way, even though that's the fast track. Because if you encounter something, you might just be headed right back to the world. We come here and we learn and we learn and we're taught and we receive from God. And we receive it to put it to action in life. And it's discouraging. It's discouraging when, when we have the tools and we don't use the tools. And we get discouraged and, and, and we don't have hope. When we have all the scriptures to renew our hope, to renew our spirits. And we see here God seeing something in his people. Saying we got to go the long way. And, and if, if everybody would have known it was going to be long at the beginning, they, not, they might have not have picked it. Because we get already right here a couple of months into it that they're like, did you bring us out here so we could die? They started worshiping another God, building idols in the wilderness. We keep on reading. 
But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness, of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up, harnessed out of the land of Egypt. So we see here a pivotal moment. We see slavery being broken, God freeing his people. Pharaoh says, go. But God says, you know what? It's not going to be that easy because I see you've been captive. You don't know your identity, though you saw the miracles, though you saw who I could be in your life, though you know that I show up when you pray, though you know that I could save you. I still think that if we go into battle, you're going to run back to Egypt. The mercy of God. The mercy of God. What does God's mercy do? It sometimes takes us the long route so we don't destroy ourselves. That's why I tell you, some of y'all are looking at and you're discouraged because of your state of being right now and you're just like, I just don't know. I just, I feel like I don't have anything. I should have more. I should have this and this and that. I calculated all this. I dreamt about this. This was my, this was my nightly prayer to God and God had other plans. Because he had other plans for his people. Where is our strength at, brothers and sisters, today? Are we still fatigued? James 1, 2. My brethren. My brothers and sisters. Count it all joy. What? What version is this? Because I don't know if this is the right version. This is the way I want to hear it. I don't want to hear joy with diverse temptations. Count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations. Hermanos míos, tener por sumo gozo cuando cayeréis en diversas tentaciones. Verse 3. Knowing this, you see, you see, if you just read that first verse, oh man, we're like, you know what? If I if I if I tripped up today and I and and, and I cursed you out and I and I lied to you and I, but Bible's telling me to be happy. But this is this is where the difficulty is, being in His presence. It's because we don't just stop on that verse. We want to complete this. And we read here, the next verse says, knowing this. I'm sorry, verse 3, brother. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. So listen to that, brothers and sisters. Note to self. I'm going to fall. I'm going to fail. I'm going to get back up. You see, we set the standard so high that it depresses us when we constantly fail, but we don't see the opposite nature of this that is also working something in us. You see, you're different because you still have stuck it out. You see, the devil wants to tell you, oh, you're good for nothing. You just do this. What have you done? Look at you. Look at your family. Doesn't even do this and this. And the devil just wants to keep this from you. 
He doesn't want to tell you that. Your family behind your back is amazed that you hold it together in things. That you always have some word of advice that you give them. Even though you need something, you give something. The devil doesn't want you to know that your family's another trial away from coming into the arms of God because he's seen what God has done in you. The devil wants to remind you. He wants to remind you of everything you do and who you are and what you still lack. God wants to remind you that you're still in his hands and he's still shaping you, making you. What a beautiful process. It hurts. Ouch. There goes another trial. But you know what? It's working my patience and it's adding to my faith. We keep reading. Verse. But let patience have her perfect work. What does that mean? That means that the only way it's going to get perfect is with consistency. You see, you can fail so much and think so less of you, and you're still holding on to stuff. Some of us are still holding on to stuff that's like, come on. This ain't a fine wine where through the years it gets better. If you're holding on uh, on your mistakes from, you know, 15 years ago, who's holding on to a mistake from 15 something that happened years ago? Why? Seriously? It says right here, but let patience have her perfect work. So the only way you're going to let patience be perfect in this is to recognize that these things were leading you into strengthening your faith. And you're challenging yourself to gain from them. To gain from them. The thing the enemy doesn't want you to do is gain from the mishaps. And you know what? I got to watch that. I, you know, that thing just triggered me. You know, when my family told me that. I got, I got that issue. There's an issue there. That triggered something. They, them saying that triggered something. It brought an emotion out. And we talked about this. Some of us, I mean, we're, we're so tooled up. I, you, you're so tooled up. You don't even know how tooled up you are. Some of y'all, it was just so numb when you would sit here and you would hear, you would hear messages. And, and you're just like, that was good. There's so many messages. You got, like Sister Margie said, you got to get on that replay. There's so many messages. We, I, I, it brought me back to, you know, removing the E from emotion. Some of us are so stuck in our emotion that it's holding us from the motion. And it, 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 it amazes me that, that the devil uses mechanisms to, to hold things still. If they just stay in the wilderness. If they just don't obey what God's telling them to do. The heat of the sun. The hunger will destroy them. But let patience have her perfect work that ye may be perfect and entire. How are you going to be perfect?
Because you're going to go through things. You're going to have stumbles. Some of us don't even feel worthy to be here today. We don't even want to be here. I'm not going to say an amen because, because I, I kind of lied to my boss today. I'm not going to say an amen because I kind of had an argument with my wife or, 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 or at school I said something I shouldn't have said. But you're here. You don't want to waste an opportunity of being here because this is what it makes you perfect. And I like that in entire. It means complete. And more than anything, because here's the challenge with us, because we have it everywhere. Oh, let me pull up this app. I'm going to order some stuff. Oh, let me look at this. I want to see what so-and-so got. Oh, let me look over here and read the news and see what's happening over here. And it makes you want nothing. You know what it is to want nothing? No. You don't, because you ain't dead yet, because that's the moment you figure out when you don't want nothing, is when your stomach doesn't growl, or your headache doesn't come in the mornings because you need coffee, or want some coffee, wants a big name, word, but to want nothing, because God has completed you, we're so hungry for stuff, we're so Fidgety, that we got to create tools for the fidgeties. God is perfect. God is so perfect. From walls to opportunities. What does God have for us tonight? 2 Corinthians 4, 8, amen. Tenemos un Dios, hermanos, que es perfecto. Que siempre está pensando en cómo puede cambiar algo en nuestras vidas. Siempre está pensando en nuestra andar con Él. Lo que lo puede dar a nosotros para armarnos más. Su palabra, preciosa palabra que los da. We read here in 2 Corinthians 4, 8. Estado atribulados en todos mas no angustiados, en apuros, mas no desesperemos, Des desesperamos, amen. We are troubled on every side. Who's troubled on every side? You better be. Uh, I don't feel troubled. I feel, I'm, I'm happy, you know, I just, things are going right for me now, finally. Got a little bit of coin in the bank. Got a home I go to. My car actually starts when I crank it. Everything's all right. Not what it's talking about. Everything comes against us always. Always comes against us. If you're not recognizing the against you, ask for God for spiritual vision. Because you see it everywhere by the beliefs, by how the word is getting watered down, how the replies to questions that are profound of our creator are getting watered down and politically correct. It's against us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Verse 9. Perseguidos, 
mas no desamparados, abateados, abatidos, mas no pereceremos. Persecuted. I, you know, I'm almost willing to bet that every single person here that's, 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 that's walked this walk with God and, 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 and has a little bit of age in them in this walk, you, you've been persecuted in your walk. And, and, see, and see, Paul was talking to you in this. He was, he was knowing that one day you were going to read this and not when it was against you were you going to read it because it's hard to hear anything when something's against you. That's why, you know, an astronaut, he does all his practicing on land, doesn't he? Because if something goes wrong in space, they're not trying to figure it out. They're like, oh, you remember that protocol that we did? Push that button right here. There you go. All right. Great. They do it when it's calm because they feel comfortable there on land. The day that they get tried when they're in space. Sometimes we have a difficult time learning during the trial. We got to just pray for God. Give me mercy, God, right now. Give me wisdom on what you're showing me here, God. I can't think of anything else right now, God. I'm thinking of a couple of things that you've given me. Then you get out of that and you, and you remember you were persecuted that one time. And God gave you this word right now and, he, and he's telling you, look, this is, this is the norm. Pastor talked about the race. It's not going to be an easy race. It's not going to be a race that, that you, you, you're just going to get a medal. Everybody gets a medal. It's going to be a race that you train for. You sleep and dream about it. You wake up with purpose. You keep on reading this verse, persecuted but not forsaken, cast down. How many people have been cast down here? But you're still here, but not destroyed. A lot of the times, brothers and sisters, like I said, very many of us here tonight, there's a lot of us that needed to be here tonight. There's even more in the community that need to be invited here tonight. We forget. We forget because this place has become normal. We forget how special this place was and how it redirected our lives. And it's funny, you know, it's kind of, uh, let me just stay on that note real quick because our community is so important to us. So, so, so sometimes we just throw the seed like this. How many seed throwers do we got like this? You know what kind of seed thrower that is? My family. Oh, seed ain't even seed ain't even reaching my family. Ah. Oh. Where's that passion? Where's that desire? Where's that calling? Where's that desire to reach out to people? See somebody, let God just use you. You're at the store, you're shopping. Tell her something. Tell him something. They need God. You see, we, we, we get again so, yeah, put the furniture right there. Yeah, do this, do that. Yeah, yeah we got the radio. We got the, yeah, we got the internet, man. So hopefully pray, 
God, please let, some, let this reach somebody in Argentina. They can just receive you, Jesus. But right here, what is wrong with us where we can't even tell somebody, come to church, come receive from God. God has a word for you. I know what God did for me. I, I know the mountains he moved in my life. Because again, we stayed too. We didn't move the hose. It's only a part of our grass is green. But we need to start showing God that we believe his word, being fruitful. Because our God deserves more from us. He deserves more from us, brothers and sisters. The strength that you had to get here, the ability that you had to get here. I see people every single day. I hear about people at work that their life changed the next day. Now they don't easily get to places that they used to get to. It's a struggle. It's an event. They're getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning to make a meeting at 9. Because they're being put in a wheelchair. Yeah, we're comfortable here at times. God wants to make us feel uncomfortable at times to say, look, so much that was done for you, not just to hold it all for you. Tell somebody about me. Tell somebody about me. 1 John 4, 18. I really like this verse. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts us out fear. So listen to this, because some of us, you know, we've all during, even from a child up to now, we've all had our heart broken. And see, and see, when your heart's broken, it's because just like this word says right here, you know, that's just, that's just the normal love. That's just the normal love. You know, it's not, it's not a love that's perfect. Our God came here with a perfect love. You know what a perfect love is? You guys want to know what a perfect love is? Everybody hold your spouse's hand right now. <laughs> you know what a perfect love is? Doing what you say you're going to do. We see our God's with a mission. Committed. His love was committed to save us. It was perfect. Because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. El amor en amor no hay temor. Mas el perfecto amor echa fuera el temor. Porque el temor tiene pena. De donde el que teme no está perfecto en el amor. See, brothers and sisters, see, some of us are still struggling. With, you know, we had that message in the past. We're still struggling with, with recognizing that God loved us. We're still struggling with that. We're still struggling with that because, you know, we, we feel we're unlovable. We feel that life chewed us up and spit us out. So why would God even want anything with us? We feel that our status and, and our knowledge base and, you know, I, you know, I only went to this grade or this. I'm not knowledgeable. I really don't know how to do much. And you think that's the way God sees you is not doing much. But you're precious. 
You're precious in God's eyes. You're precious. You're precious. God has plans for you. Some of us don't know this. Some of us do know this, you know. God had plans for you when you were in the womb of your mother. I, I, you know, I, I, I like to see science and stuff like that shows history and all this stuff. And I just wonder, you know, I wonder if you, you, the baby kicks and all this stuff, right, you know, stretches out. I wonder if God's just telling you stuff. You know, part of me wants to believe some of that stuff, right? God's telling you stuff. Hey, it's going to be it's gonna be tough. And like, oh, man, the baby's going to be, this is going to be a rough night. Mom feels it, right? Baby's moving a lot. Yeah. But God's getting through your 40s right now. Or your teen years, right? I got to believe God's telling me. There's something for me. I, you know, I remember pastor talking about this one time that, you know, we're made perfect except for a place in our heart that he's needing to fill. That place, if it's left void, it's left open, we just can't satisfy it. We keep on hungrily searching. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm gonna, I want this. I want this. I need to do this. But the moment we put God there, we overflow. And we want nothing. You have a hole there that still doesn't allow you to see how much you're loved and how perfect his love was. But we we just don't feel it. I mean, there's people that struggle with some deep-rooted issues, you know. There's some, like I said, I I, I don't want to hold on, you know. And I know my wife doesn't want to hold on to the first couple of years in our marriage or anything. Something I might have said, something she might have said. Why? Why hold on to stuff like that? I've heard people. I've seen people. I've seen grown-up people, grown people, years, bring up stuff from like, really? We ain't got to hold on to stuff like this. If we want to start fighting our battle today. That leads us, brothers and sisters, into... If we turn to let's turn to uh, Joshua six one, my favorite guy. Where's Joshua at? I can't see him. Where, oh, there's a hand right there. There's my guy. Oh, Joshua. One of these days you're gonna read about. I'm sure what inspired your parents to name you Joshua. We're going to read right here, Joshua 6, 1, amen. Now, Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out, none came in. So listen to this. So we, you know, we got the people of God. They just went through the desert. Member, member, reminder alert, reminder alert. Remember the way they show you after a season has passed of a TV show? They always remind you how it ended. Just remember this person right here. We're going to do a little reminder, right? Because look, right here. None of the people from that left Egypt are there. This is all their children. People that left Egypt, they're entering the promised land. And the first challenge that they have is Jericho. 
We like the story of Jericho, right? But look at how, so the people of Jericho, they shut the gates. They were confident that nobody could enter because they had built. They said that the walls were about 15 feet up, about six feet deep. It's not like they could just bring tanks and start hitting it. Nah. All they had to do was stay there and wait people out. It was a city within that could sustain itself. They're like, hey, you know what? We ain't leaving. So you guys better just keep on going. And what was interesting is why didn't they just keep on going? That's the question I have. It's not like it was big. They said it was only six, six acres. I think I can walk around six acres. The land from the front of the gate to the back of pastor's house is five acres. You think you can walk around that, brothers and sisters? If it meant going around us, you don't have to mess with them. You know what? There's plenty of land we got over here in the promised land. But no. God said, you're going to go through it. Jericho is going to be yours. It's just interesting to me because, you know, I would think that God would be a guy that's simple, right? A guy that would say, you know what? Let's just go ahead and, you know, just go ahead and go around it. It'll be your neighbors, right? You'll be Bertram. This will be Burnett. No, God says, I got to show you something. Because you weren't in Egypt. You heard the stories. But I got to believe that you learned something from the stories. And that you don't see any of the people here when I promise them to the enter into the promised land. I need you to see this. So we see here that the people of Jericho, they are all locked in. Amen? Verse 2. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thee, into thy hand, Jericho. That's interesting, right? God, God sees that as their, which, which I Sometimes, who, who, who's you, who, who has God used reverse psychology on before here? See, sometimes, sometimes God's got to tell you, God's got to tell you, because you're seeing the walls, right? You're like looking up. You're like, man, it's 12 feet. It's six feet deep. You probably don't even know that. That has strong towers that were about 28 feet, which they could have people that were watching. And, and God, God, God has to work with Joshua right now. And he says, you see, you see, I gave you Jericho. Joshua's like, uh, yeah, I don't think it's mine yet. I don't see the keys to the garage door opener there, to the gates. God was trying to tell him something. Why are all these people locked up? It's yours. Because they might be seeing something you ain't seeing. They might be seeing something. Or they might have heard something that you might have forgotten. Uh-oh. Here comes the people of Israel. I heard what happened in Egypt. Because one thing spreads pretty fast, right? Victory spread pretty fast, brothers and sisters. And we see here, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. Verse 3. And ye shall compass the city. 
All ye men of war. See, this is God speaking to us, brothers and sisters. This is God getting us up saying, look, look in the desert you ain't even had you ain't even had you know the challenges that you could have encountered right with the philistines out of the bat but i'm still going to consider you mighty and strong because you're here you survived some of us got to look in the mirror and say i'm here i survived i've survived depression i've survived the wilderness and the, the, the the problems that came that happened Sometimes we got to look in the mirror and say that, brother and sister. It says, and it says, and ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of rams, horns, and the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times. And the priest shall blow with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and we hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout. And the wall of the city shall fall down flat. And the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. And Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priest. See, I like this. I remember a couple of weeks ago, Brother Lorenzo was talking about the challenge you have when you doubt what God has told you to do. I was hearing the message, I believe it was on last night. Some of y'all don't listen to the radio, do y'all? I pray that y'all do. Because we put a lot of stuff on there. I pray that y'all do. Because, again, there's opportunities. And I was hearing him talk about this message where, where you know, kept on questioning God. Well, you know, how am I going to know if this is going to happen? You know, God kept on reducing the men. I like this Joshua guy. I think me and Joshua are going to be pretty close when he gets older, me and you, buddy, because I like you. I like this Joshua guy because you see here that God formed him in the wilderness. He saw stuff. He, he, was, he wasn't a person that just stood back. He was right next to Moses. Moses was able to use him in this old age. You see Joshua here hearing God and saying, you know what? All right, priest, come over here. And so he calls the priest and says unto them, take up the ark of the covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of rams, horns before the ark of the Lord. And he said unto the people, pass on and compass the city and let him that is armed pass on before the ark of the Lord. And it came to pass when Joshua had spoken unto the people that the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns passed on before the Lord and blew with the trumpets. And the ark of the covenant of the Lord followed them. And the armed men went before the priest that blew with the trumpets. And, re and reward, re re rearward came after the ark 
the priests going on and blowing with the trumpets. And Joshua had commanded the people, saying, Ye shall not shout nor make any noise with your voice, neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day I bid you shout, then shall ye shout. Listen to this, brothers and sisters. Authority was given to Joshua. Leadership started many years before. It's like we see David in the field. But leadership with authority creates obedience in people. Now, this isn't an easy task. This isn't like, you know, you know, it's hot out there, right? I bet you it's hot out there. I'm thirsty. You know, it's going to, okay, okay. Can you explain that to me again? Can you, can you read those couple of verses again, Joshua? Because I'm trying to figure out when do the trumpets go? When do I say something? Can you repeat that? You know, brother, brother Gabriel has a hard time sometimes telling me the keys, and he'll look at me, and I'm on the wrong key, and he just told me what the keys were, and I'm like, he's like. But yet, we see Joshua stoically with the power of God. Letting people know and the people receiving it. Because this, when a word comes from God, something's different about it. You want it. When unity comes and the word of God comes, there's power. You see, brothers and sisters, it's great when the seed's received by one here by two here, but when the seed is received by the church here, walls are coming down. Hope. Where's hope at? When when we can get excited about about being here and knowing that we have life to be here and, and that God's not done with us. And we could take it on the chin, like Pastor talked about, taking it on the chin. I slapped myself one time so hard here in church as an example. It left a mark. I was like, man, why did I do that? You see, that's, this is old age right here. You see the way that's acting. It was younger. I was more amped up, and I was, you know, probably had a five-hour energy drink before that one. I slapped myself, and I was like, why did I do that for? I could still, I, could, I felt that the whole preaching. But now, you know, I, I, I learned something from Pastor, right? You know, got to learn how to take that punch sometimes here. And we're not actively spreading that seed. We're keeping it only at family distance. Oh, that that seed reaches so-and-so. Oh, God, if you could just touch them. And God's like, look, man, you got seed up to here. (laughs) Can you even see past your family with the seed? Grab some of that seed. Take it with you. And go reach people. Go tell people about God and his power and what he can do and what he can do. Be reminded moments of challenges, circumstances that you, you encountered that wall and God told you what to do to allow that wall to come down. And word for word, you followed it. 
You didn't doubt it. Something held you back. It was the word of God coming through our pastor at times. And we just stood still. And we saw God's mighty hand as he held us together through trials and tribulations, through bad news, through circumstances that would have devastated anyone. But it created something in us. Resiliency. Power to stay held on to God to root ourselves. We've been offended, and yet our pot didn't move to another location. We nurtured it. We, we humbled ourselves. We forced ourselves to say amen. We forced ourselves to forgive. We didn't just grab it and move it somewhere else and say, oh, I think it's going to be good here. Why? Because we follow the word of God by the letter. Not by something we could just erase and say, well, I feel this way. And the people of Israel are now here in front of Jericho. City shut down. You ain't coming in. Ah, veggie tales. remember that one? Ah. Some of you kids haven't seen the VeggieTales one. See, I, I, I'm, see, I'm hip. Some of the older people here don't know, you know, what I just, what, that was a VeggieTale moment. The teachers all got it, and they're, like, all happy and laughed at it. But little Lorenzo had brought back memories to him, and he got kind of excited there. He probably remembers one of the songs on it. But we had this moment where we're there in front of the wall. But when you're there in front of the wall, you got to hear for the what? Voice. When there's a wall. There's a voice. Oh, don't miss this one. Don't miss this one, brothers and sisters, because I think some, some of us, again, you know, it gets, it gets, you know, it gets, to, that, gets to that point right now in the, in the message, and it's like, ah, okay. When there's a wall, there's going to be a voice. You know what? Let me even change that up a little bit. When there's a wall, there's going to be Voices. Because I believe there was voices there with Joshua. You see, it don't talk about it, but, but you know, Joshua was, was as human as he was a servant of God. And, 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 and Joshua, and, and Joshua, we don't know where he was at, where he was at in his walk with God. We just know that God had called him into the promised land. And so Joshua sees this wall. He goes, oh, man this was going to be easier. No, we don't know that. But we do know this, that as soon as he heard God's voice, he did what God said. So when that wall comes, when that wall comes, what do we, what do, we do? We listen for God's voice. We listen for God's direction. We don't listen to our heart that will deceive us. We don't listen to our mind that will mislead us. We listen to his voice. And we see here, we keep on reading. Amen. So the ark of the Lord compassed the city going about it once. And they came into the camp 
and lodged in the cab. So the first day's done. And, and they all, you know, could you imagine that? Could you imagine the first day is like, really? You know, you know, VeggieTales does a really good job. We, had, we should have had a little clip from it, right? They're all walking. They're like laughing at him. Hey, you're not going to get in here. Could you imagine they did that? And yet, they came in. Okay, we did one walk around. They came in, put it all up, went back into camp. I'm sure there was a lot of people that were wondering, man, what are we doing here? Really? But Joshua had to keep it all together. Because again, with authority comes the leadership. And some of us here, we, 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 we think we're the lead. We, we, we want the leadership without an authority. We're pretty, we're pretty bossy. We're pretty good at being bossy. You know, I'm like looking in space right now because some of y'all are like, oh, don't look at me, brother. Don't you be looking at me. I mean, Sister Liz already kicked us out of the group. I know what you meant, Sister Liz. And I'm happy that the group is growing and we see the talents that God has given them, amen, and the talents that are to come. Some of us want to be a boss without authority. And that's pretty ridiculous when you're a boss without authority, right? Because people would look at you and what's the first thing they tell you? You're not my what? <laughs> but God gave Joshua the authority and there became the leadership. We see here on verse 12. And Joshua rose early in the morning and the priest took up the ark of the Lord. And the seven priests bearing seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark went on continually and blew with the trumpets and the armed men went before them. But the rearward came after the ark, the Lord, the priest going on and blowing with the trumpets. Again, consistency, verse 14. And the second day they compassed the city once and returned into the camp. So they did six days. But we're going to go back to verse 12. Can you go back to verse 12, brother? I like this way, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I'll look at the scripture and I'll say, okay, you know, you know, because I want to learn something from it. And Joshua rose up early. Because you see, when you have authority, you kind of get a little excited. Not because you can boss people around, but because you know who gave it to you is the God that got you out of Egypt. And some of us, we struggle and we show our struggle spiritually by being asleep when we should be up. You see, I, you can see it in people when, when, when an excitement of authority comes over their life and, and God refreshes their minds and shows them you're the head, not the tail. You can see something in you. You can see you have a new walk in you. you when you're reminded what God did for you and how God saved you and, and, how, and how, you, how you prevailed in moments, you can see something different in you. But when you don't get up, when you don't praise him and you don't glorify him, you can also see something in you. What are you showing? You're showing the struggle because, hey, are you going to show the belief that you have that God is taking you through this for patience first to strengthen your faith? 
There ain't nothing more beautiful than experience when you testify. I don't need to hear from somebody that's going to give me advice that they didn't go through it. I need to hear from somebody that God put them in my place to hear the experience of when they went through it. God has somebody for you out there, brothers and sisters, to speak to. And you will see God move in your life when he sees you moving for his mission, his kingdom. I know it's hard. I'm barely surviving, Brother Gabe. I'm at the wall, and, you know, I put my, I just put the ark down, and, and you know, it's, 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 it's a grueling. It was a grueling hot summer day. I don't know if I have any more in me. Go tell somebody to go do this. I got my own agenda. I got my own desire. I'm the type of person that would have said, let's just go around the city, six acres. Ain't no fuss. And again, God gave us the tools to do his will, to do his work. He gave us the tools. He gave us the strength. So day two goes by. And six days go by, amen? And we keep on reading here. And it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose up, they rose early. Right? Because it said on the second day, who rose up early? Come on. Joshua rose up early, right? It said Joshua rose early. And now the seventh day. Now, 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 this, this, this is, a, this is a part of the unity. You see, you see, sometimes it just takes a couple of us. It just takes a couple of us to motivate us. It takes a testimony getting up and saying, brothers and sisters, this is what God is doing. Brothers and sisters, this is what I've seen God do. Brothers and sisters, I was talking to somebody and, 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 and tears came out like God set this up. And now we see here on day number seven that they all get up early. Something big's going to happen. People probably couldn't even sleep at night. Oh, man. It's the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in him. I believe. I believe that this is the God that pulled our parents out of Egypt. Oh, man, I heard stories. I heard stories of things that happened. What's he going to do? On the seventh day, they rose up early about the dawning of the day and compassed the city after the same manner. Seven times. Now, you think think that they had it figured out after doing it seven days in a row? Yeah? Six days in a row? Sorry. You think they had it figured out? They probably had a pretty good understanding what what was going to happen that day. So now they're on the seventh day. And they're going to do it seven times in a row. And you see, brothers and sisters, we need each other. Sometimes we don't make it to the seventh day. 
Sometimes we get discouraged after the third day, after the second day, or sometimes we don't even make it up to the first day. We don't even make it to the first day. When God's given laying out the plans, we're just like, well, I don't know. We've, you know, how long has this church been, you know, I don't know. You know, I would have done it this way a long time. I, I don't know. And we decide to stay back at the tents when God's giving the orders. But we, we here, we here have the power for unity. You see, God has given you power. You see, it might not be the power you like, but you have the power to form. You know how you have the power to form? All you got to do is grab somebody's hand and you start forming. And it depends on which direction you're pulling, is if it's a blessing or it's a curse. You see, if you're trying to pull somebody that refuses to get up, this is where the word of God becomes hard. Because see, you know, we, 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 sometimes we, we work so hard to get somebody so motivated that has no desire. And the word of God comes and it says, in mano is what? For you to work on a what? On a house that God's not working on. You see, that this is the stuff that calms me down because I know God. I know God because I get so I get so amped up and and you know and and and, and, and I see my kids here and, and and I know you know we got we're in church right now but I I know they leave here and and they're influenced right. And I could just be, you know, worry for it and saying, oh, you know, this, this, or that, you know, block everything and put them in a closet. Or they can experience. All oh, the parents are worried about where I'm headed with this when they're like, oh, don't say it, brother. Send the kids to class. They can experience my life mistakes that I make and how I always come back to God. They can experience my praise during difficult news. My kids have the best example if I allow God to use me as their example in me. The rest God's going to do. You encourage them to. I want to know about what got you through this devastating moment that I saw when you lost the person you loved. Brothers and sisters, we have the power, and sometimes we don't use it. But we read here that on the seventh day, they did the same thing. Amen. Let's keep on reading. Let's finish this out. And it came to
time when the priest blew with the trumpets, Joshua, Joshua said unto the people, shout. For the Lord hath given you the city, and the city shall be accursed, even it and all that are therein. And the Lord only Rahab, the harlot, shall live. Now, why is a harlot living? Because we missed that part, right? Because they broke into the city. And a harlot. This is where, this is where Jesus started introducing himself in Jericho. Because you know what? A harlot wouldn't have had a chance with this people of Israel. They were so accustomed to customs that they would have stoned her. But God compelled their hearts by this action of courage that she showed. And it's also an example to us that it don't matter what state you're found at. It's the state that you leave at. Because we see here, The harlot shall live, she and all that are with her in the house, because she hid the messengers that we sent. Verse 18. And ye in any wise keep yourselves from the accursed thing, lest ye make yourselves accursed when ye take of the accursed thing, and make the camp of the Israel of Israel a curse, and trouble it. But all the silver and gold and vessels of brass and iron are consecrated. Unto the Lord, they shall come into the treasury of the Lord. So the people shouted when the priests blew with the trumpets. And it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet that the people shouted with a great shout and the wall fell down flat. How does it fall down flat? In 13 feet, you would think that rubble would be above the ground, right? So that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. They utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, and ox and sheep, and ass and the edge of the sword, with the edge of the sword. But Joshua had said unto the two men that had spied out the country, Go into the harlot's house and bring out thence the woman. And all that she hath as ye swore unto her. And the young men that were spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and her mother and her brethren and all that she had. And they brought out all her kindred and left them without the camp of Israel. And they burnt the city with fire and all that was therein. Only the silver and the gold and the vessels of brass and iron they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. And Joshua saved Rahab and the harlot alive and her father's household and all that she had. And she dwelleth in Israel even unto this day. What? Because she hid the messengers which Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. Why did that shock me? It's because these people experienced so many things with God. 
But they got so accustomed to God, you know, only being only being for them only. You could even hear Peter when, when, when Jesus had come and he had to give them a dream, right? The salvation was also for the Gentiles. You see here God's salvation, even for the Gentiles, reaching this harlot. And the people bringing, that, bringing their family with them to Israel. I mean, it's shocking how that got pushed away with the Pharisees and the scribes. How the story wasn't, how God used a family, how God used a harlot. Let's just say what it is. And Joshua adjured them at the time saying, Cursed be the man before the Lord that rises up and buildeth this city, Jericho. He shall lay the foundations thereof in his firstborn and it, in his youngest shall he set up the gates of it. Listen to that. So Joshua, it's done. Everything's burned. Everything's done as God asked it to be. And Joshua curses the city. And he says that if anybody tries to build the city up, their firstborn's going to die. And when they're done with it, their lastborn will die. When they start it, their first one's going to die. And when they finish it, their last one will die. A pretty powerful curse. And you actually see in Kings, there's a king that tries to do it and it happens to him. We read in 27. So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame was noised throughout all the country. Now I'm going to ask us to go to Mark 10:46, brothers and sisters. Mark 10:46. And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples. This is Jesus. And a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. We see Jesus here. I would say by the gate, right? What would you guys say that that place is? Do you guys agree with me or disagree with me? Because it says, and they came to Jericho, and as he went out, you say going out would be a gate? Amen? You guys can agree or disagree with me. We can have a conversation here. I'm not saying I know it. I'm just. So we see here, they came out of it at the gate. Verse 47, I'm going to read it. This blind Bartimaeus was on the highway side begging. Verse 47 says, And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more, a great deal, that the son of David have mercy. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. 
And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called, and they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort. Rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I, write, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. And brothers and sisters, we see here another moment in Jericho. We see another moment of obedience. Now, what's interesting to me in this is that we, we encounter here a blind man. We encounter someone in a state of need. I don't even want to define it as blind. We encounter somebody in a state of need, and in, in your state of need, what have you done? What have you done? to get Jesus' attention. I'm going to ask the musicians to pass up. What have you done? Because I was talking to my son today after work, and, and I asked him, I said, you know, you were right in front of this person. You didn't ask him to take a picture? No, I didn't want to, <laughs> you know... You know, it just, it was, <laughs> no. I said, but you're right next to the person. It would have been so much better for your story. No, but, you know. And yet, we find ourselves, brothers and sisters, at that same state. When we have an opportunity to be touched by Jesus. We find ourselves struggling to break our uncomfort level and reach out to him, shout for him. But what I like about this story is that, first of all, he makes a spectacle of himself. Listen to this. He embarrasses himself. Stop it. What are you doing? Stop, people around him. Stop. You're embarrassed. Stop it. And it just lights his fire more. And God says, wait a second, there's people telling him to stop. And yet he's getting louder. And I like this. Is he him? And he asked him, What do you want me to do? 
Because see, though you shout Jesus, though you yell for Jesus, when Jesus shows up, do we ask the right things from Jesus? Jesus, save everyone else but me. Jesus, encourage everyone else but my need. It's hurting me. It's not allowing me to come to you. That pushes you away. So, Jesus, ask him, what do you want? I want to see. That ain't even the awesome part. You see, so he says, what does he say? Let your what? Let your faith what? Remember? Let's put it back up here, brother. Let's all read it together. That text that you just had in Matthew, in Mark, sorry. Said to him, go thy way, thy what? Faith had made thee whole. Now listen to this. Listen to this. This is what's awesome. This is what's awesome because we see Joshua at the gate receiving word from the Lord and he wasn't even seeing what it was going to be. It was going to be seven days later, yet he was believing like he could see it and he was going to do it like it had been, like it was said to be done. And we see this man here that Jesus says, go on thy way. Your faith's made whole. And then look what it says. And immediately, you can see. So time, sometimes, brothers and sisters, we start to walk in our faith that will allow us to start to see. But what doesn't allow us to move is that I still can't see God. It didn't work. It didn't work, God. I heard you. I wanted to believe you. But, but I'm stuck. And all you got to do is move. And we see here, he received his sight. And it doesn't stop there. Because when God does something for you, don't forget it. Don't forget it and follow Jesus. I says, I could use somebody a little radical in this group of tax collectors and fishermen. I can use somebody that's not afraid to shout when I'm gone. Brothers and sisters, let's stand up. Some of us are standing in front of our wall today. Some of us have been standing in front of this wall for a while. Some of us haven't heard the precious word of God that has told us how that wall can be removed. Some of us have heard it, but have forgotten how to do it consistently. Some of us we needed a sign. God, just give me a sign that you're going to do this. 
God is saying, the sign is when I called you, that I was going to be with you. I was going to be in front of you, guiding you, clearing the way for you. There's going to be times that it's going to get hot. There's going to be times that it's going to get hard, but I'm still going to be with you. I'm still going to be guiding you. I'm still going to be taking care of you. Nothing's changed. It's 2018. Only the days change, but I'm still the same. God is still the same God of Joshua. And he's still Jesus who heals the blind and makes the lame whole. Let's pray, brothers and sisters. Lord Jesus, we come before you tonight, Jesus. Help us, Lord, to allow this word that you've given us tonight to penetrate the depths, Lord, of doubt and to pull our faith up out of this doubt pit that we're in at times, Lord. That we may see you, Jesus. That we may believe in you, Jesus. That we may trust in you, Father. Help us, God. Help us, God, to believe that you're the same God today. That you were there with Joshua. That you were there with the disciples when they saw you, Jesus. They saw you, Father, touch the life of all those that were in the gate of Jericho. Building promises, Father, that still stay with us that we pass on to our children. Help us, Lord, to take this word tonight, Lord, and apply it to our lives first, Lord. But encourage our hearts, Lord, to reach out when you speak to us through our community, Lord, to, to future brothers and sisters, Lord. Help us to be hell snatchers, Jesus, snatching people from the grasp of the devil, Lord, with your words, with your promise, Lord. Help us to see the lion in us, Lord. Help us to see the lion in us, Jesus, with you. Bless us, Father. Bless us, Lord, with strength and wisdom and encouragement. There's someone we have in mind, Lord, to tell them about you. That we don't ever get to a point where they come to us and say, why didn't you ever tell me about Jesus? By you not telling me about Jesus, I didn't feel worthy to go to church. I thought Jesus couldn't love me because you couldn't even share him with me. Prick our hearts, Lord. To hear this word tonight, Lord. To extend our arms to the brokenhearted, Jesus. To not forget how you touched our lives, Lord. Now you plan on touching many more. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, first, Lord, for the love that you show us, Jesus. This perfect love that cast out fear, Jesus. We ask, Lord. We ask, Lord, that you just anoint our hearts, Lord, tonight. You are worthy, Jesus. You are worthy, Father. You are worthy, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your word, Lord, that inspires our lives, Lord. And if we could just dissect it, Lord, and understand it, you leave treasures within it. Treasures to escape the, the strongholds of our enemy, Lord. We come here tonight, Lord, believing you. 
asking you, Lord, to be fulfilled in our lives, Jesus. Help us to see, Lord. We want to see tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just worship God, brothers and sisters.